Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 25 of the Attacking the Championship podcast. But you and I really know that this is part two of episode 24. So I'll hand over to David in just a moment and he can carry on from where we left off last time. And just a little apology at the end, I do say thank you for listening to episode 24. But we did plan this to be just one episode, but we did get a little bit carried away and it became a really long episode. So I'll hand you over to David now. What we, we've got next was, I thought, well, look, it'd be interesting to see how teams in the division there, we go on about this ch- game changer score for teams mm. and for players. And just a, a, very quickly, the game changer score is a value we give to, a numerical value that we give to the output, the attacking output of a player or a team. And it's based on the metrics that are the most closely correlated to teams succeeding over the last five seasons in the championship. So we pulled out of the sort of hundred and something different metrics. Those metrics were, which seem to be the best descriptors of high finishes. And we said, right, well, those the one the teams or the players that do the best in those metrics are going to be up there or the most likely to be up there. Yeah. Um, so what we've done is we've built this game changer score as a sort of combination of these important metrics, attacking metrics. Now, what I've got here is I've got two, um, if you like, sort of they're scatter plots, but I've mm-hmm. tried to make targets out of them. Yeah. So the first one, and I'm sure you'll probably put this up in the notes or something. Yeah. This first first uh, chart is showing you, from the game changer score perspective, um, the teams that have um, produced the most attacking output at home and away. Mm-hmm. So the very, very centre of the chart, I've got these crosshairs in there. Mm-hmm. So the bullseye, if you like, on this chart is the average. So that would be the average for the league in attacking output at home and away. Any team that features above that horizontal line where they cross over are teams that are producing high attacking output away from home. So all of these teams, whichever side of the vertical line in the centre they appear, they all are producing, you know, a good amount of attacking output. So we're talking about creating chances, scoring goals, um, that kind of thing. Um, Any teams below that horizontal line are producing less than average attacking Mm -hmm. output away from home. And then if you look at it from the other dimension, any teams up to the right-hand side of this vertical line are producing high attacking output at home and any teams on the left-hand side of the vertical line are producing less than average attacking output at home. Gotcha. So obviously where you'd lo- like to be would be up in the top right-hand corner where mm-hmm. you're not only producing high attacking output away but at home as well. Yeah. And Leicester City are pretty much there, aren't they? Yeah. There, funny enough. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so conversely, where you don't want to be is down mm-hmm. in the bottom left-hand corner yeah. and we've got Rotherham that are the farthest, you know, yeah. both – 
towards the bottom end, the left-hand side. So they're producing relatively little home or away. See, but I then, do, I do yeah. love it when we put some data in and you end up with the runaway leaders of the league where you'd expect them to be and the yes. bottom three teams where you'd expect them to be. That's always good to it's see. It's reassuring, that, isn't it? That, <laughs> isn't it that it's not yeah. just random, that you're not, yeah. you haven't just put something in that's not working. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. It's reassuring. Like but so what's high really... Five, high five yeah. for us there, David. It's well, a good start. for you anyway. <laughs> it's a good start. But then what you really want to do is say, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but okay, I could have kind of told you that. Mm-hmm. So, but what we're really looking for are teams that are, you know, I mean, you could look at, say, Ipswich and say Ipswich are to the far right-hand side of this chart, in fact, Mm -hmm. further to the right than anybody, which says they're producing more attacking output at home than any other team in the league. Mm. But they're on completely average as far as their away attacking output is concerned. They're right on the centre line. So that's those things, I, I suppose, are more sort of food for discussion aren't they yeah um and then you could say you know if you went the other side you could say well you know stoke city for example are more or less average as -hmm. regards the um away attacking output but Mm -hmm. sorry they're yeah but hardly producing anything at home yeah they're the furthest left so they're producing less attacking output at home than any other team in the division but they're Amazing. more or less average away. So they're the opposite to Ipswich, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and now I don't know whether they're playing each other, I could tell you, but if they are, then we're going to get a factor out of that game that's going to yeah. be sort of quite an interesting factor. You know, these ones, like you look at Middlesbrough, I mean, Middlesbrough are not exactly ripping it up this season, but look how much look how much they're producing away from home. Yeah. The second most productive team in terms of general kind of attacking output in the league away from home. Yeah. Yeah. But um, home, they're below average, mm. which is probably a contributor yeah, to not, why they're... They're not much further ahead than, than Cardiff or Huddersfield there, are they? You know, no, Cardiff, not. Huddersfield, Swansea, they're in that sort of bracket, which is not where they want to be, is it? No, it's not. So... You know, the more you look into these things, I suppose the more you can... That, the most average team is Hull, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, they're almost on the bullseye, so they're yeah. sort of average for home and away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watford are similar. Um, West Brom are, as you said earlier, you know, they're producing more attacking output at home than they are away. They're below average away, mm-hmm. but they're above average at home, but not enormously. no. Are no. they? So we can talk a bit more about that in a minute when we come yeah. on to the next thing. So this, you know, you could look at this and, and find out where your team is. And as you say, some of them will be kind of obvious. The teams at the bottom will be in the bottom left-hand quadrant. The teams in the top will be mostly in the top right-hand. But there'll mm-hmm. be one or two in there that you'll say, like Norwich, they're right on the line, on the average line for um, attacking output at home but they're producing a lot of attacking output away yeah so a little bit like middlesbrough but you know not quite as much but and coventry are virtually the same mm. and blackburn are virtually the same the three of them are very close together aren't they yeah amazing so they're they're stronger stronger away from home remember this is only the attacking output we're going to see what that leads to in a minute mm-hmm. so 
which again I think is another layer of of interest. Hopefully, yeah. so if we if we move down a little to the next chart, what we've got here is a similar thing, but this is showing us not the out attacking output. This is showing us the actual number of points per game that these teams are achieving, home and away. So. The interesting thing to do here is probably to compare where they sit in the top chart we just looked at and where, compared to where they're sitting in this chart, which tells you it, where is this attacking output going? Is it is it leading to accomplishment in terms of points per game or is it being wasted or are they being particularly... Let's start with West Brom because we were talking about West Brom. We say, you know, surprisingly, they're not, although they're, Although they're doing quite well in the division, the one we just looked at, they're not very much. No, it's not a a, a, they're not producing that much more than average at home. Mm -hmm. But when you look at what they're the points per game at home, whatever they are producing is turning into points because yeah. they're one, two, three, four. They're the fifth most productive team at home, is as far as points per match are concerned. Yeah, so. Although you know, as I say, although they're not doing, they're not they're not producing much. Sunderland and West Brom were very similar in 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 terms of how much attacking output mm -hmm. they were generating at home, but they're not very similar when it comes to no. turning that into points. West Brom have been far more effective than Sunderland have. Another one I thought was interesting was Norwich. If you look at Norwich on the first chart. What you would say about them is mm, they're a bit kind of, you know, so-so um, at home, but they're producing a lot away from home. When it comes to the points, it's the opposite, really. Mm. They're producing a lot of points per match at home and less than average away. So yeah. something's not something's not gelling there. Yeah. But it is, a, you know, it's not coming. The attacking output that they're generating at home is not leading to points. Uh, yes, I think I'm right in saying. As uh, sorry, the attacking output that they're generating at home is is leading to points more effectively yeah. than the attacking output that they that they're generating away from home. Yeah, I think I'm right in saying yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, because, absolutely. Yeah, because you know they're generating a lot of attacking output away from home, but not very many points per game. So mm. it takes a little bit of kind of looking at this, but. The outliers are kind of interesting, aren't they? You know, the ones that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Because, no. again, Q these three bottom teams, Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham, QPR, were firmly in the bottom left-hand quadrant mm -hmm. on the on, as far as producing the attacking outputs concerned. And we thought, mm, OK, well, we could have imagined that. But then, although Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham are pretty much the same in points per match, QPR have dragged themselves up in gaining away points yeah. where they're very poor at home yeah. in points. The poorest points gathered. by the look of points, it, yeah. Points in the, exactly, poorest in the league. Mm. Very quickly, you can get a handle on sort of from an attacking point of view, who's been strong, but who's making it count and who's not, can't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ipswich, again, you know, Ipswich, we were a bit surprised to see um, – away from home, mm -hmm. not doing too well generating chances because mm -hmm. they were only average, but they were getting lots of points away from home. They're yeah. the third best mm -hmm. points accumulator 
away from home. So they're, they're being very efficient with what they are creating away. Mm. You could, you know, you might draw other conclusions from that and say, well, they could. We could say they're being very um, efficient, or we could say maybe they've been a bit lucky. Sure. You know, we could say, is this a streak that they can rely on continuing? Hmm. Which sort of feed, might feed into some things we might talk about later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, depending on how you want to look at it. What I'm showing you now is a very simple chart showing you for the remaining games, this is what the league table is based on that we talked about earlier. Hmm. But it's showing you team by team the average strength of the opposition that they've got to play for the rest of the season at home which is in the uh in the orange, orange yeah and in the and blue is the away now the first thing you see is that the orange the opposition in the orange is is generally lower than the opposition strength in the blue and that's because yeah. you know the teams that you're playing um, at home mm-hmm. are going to be, if you like, easier to overcome than the teams that you're playing away. That The team who are playing the least strong home games mm-hmm. are on the left-hand side, and then this chart builds up. So, indeed, QPR have got the, the, the lowest strength. I don't want to use the word easiest, really, because I don't think they're easy. No. But I suppose for the sake of understanding, you could say QPR have got the easiest home games to play and Plymouth have got the hardest ones yeah. and as you say Plymouth are pretty good at home mm-hmm. so they might feel well you know it, but look it, it's quite quite a bit harder than it they're running look yeah. their home fixtures seem to be quite difficult mm. compared to QPR yeah and then you it gradually builds up and then you've got the the away games Plymouth have got the easiest away games and Southampton have got the hardest. Um, now, you could, if you're a Plymouth fan, you might be looking at this and going, well, hang on a minute. We've got the hardest home games, but we're very good at home, like you say. Yeah. We've got, we're not so good away, but we've got the easiest away games. That could be an interesting run-in for us. Yeah, yeah. Now, we might find that we could do something with that. It's certainly yeah. the way that round they'd want it, if they could choose. Yeah. Wouldn't sure. it? And... As you also say, that could be a, a reason why they're in the position that they're in because yeah. the opposite of this is what's already happened. Yes. They've played the most difficult away games yeah. in the easiest home. So, mm. anyway. But, yeah, um, I just picked out a couple. Ipswich and Norwich, which I forgot I didn't pick out. But Ipswich and Norwich are probably, on this basis, have got, it kind of the easiest running because Ipswich have got the fourth easiest home games mm-hmm. and I think the seventh easiest away games. Okay. And Norwich have got, what is it, the something like the seventh easiest away at home and the third easiest away. And that might be feeding into why <clears throat> the league tables come out because I one of yeah. the things I was looking at was, well, you know, Norwich seem quite high. I think they're in seventh in our league table. But it's mm. going to be taking into account some of this strength yeah. of, of remaining games. Yeah. Before I finish on this bit, Watford at the other end. So Watford have got the second most difficult 
home games and the what is it the fifth most difficult away games okay. so they've got a proper tough so we're not necessarily expecting Watford to make a a late push for the playoffs which well, obviously you means know, they're going to finish fifth exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> on this basis you'd say yeah you wouldn't want to be you wouldn't want their running if you could choose would you no um no, so again sure. you could you can go to this and pick out your team and say what does our running look like? You know, some teams, it looks like, like for Coventry, for example, they're more or less in the middle for both. West yeah. Brom are not far off. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was quite an interesting way of looking at it, really. Yeah, it is. No, it is. It is it's good to see it, that all laid out in that um, in that way. And it starts to perhaps explain why the league table is the way it is. Because, mm. And I think, like I said earlier, We've got 16 or 17 games to go. When there's eight or nine games to go, this might become even more pronounced then. Sure. Um, and then, but then we've got the old, you know, usual championship uncertainty. But we've got the flip flop factor as well to take the into flip -flop consideration. Factor, now. We mustn't forget. Trademarked. Yeah, we're trademarking that. We mustn't forget it. <laughs> no. So I don't know whether there's, I don't know what you make of all that, but. Um, I love a prediction table because it it allows for discussion and debate and, and what have you. And it's usually based on emotion and it's usually based on biases for your own team or against your rivals and that sort of thing. But this is good because it's it's like you said at the beginning, it's taking the emotion out of the equation. It's saying, right, we're just going to judge this on what's already happened, what seems to have been changing a little bit, you know, as regarding to form, uh, and then what have they got to go compared to you know, relative to, to what's been paid already. So you're looking at, is it a, a tough run-in? Is it an easy run-in? And and then we've ended up with a really tight top 10, which yeah. I think it's, is what it's going to be. You know, it, it, it will is, be, yeah. it will be like that. And it, it could be fourth down to 10th could be reversed, couldn't it? it? It could be, you know, all over the place. I think there's a, a big fight on for second place. Uh-huh. Because that's not, done and dusted by any no. means is it no and our table i think's only got one point in the dif mm. difference but of course you know it could be one of at least three couldn't it yeah for sure who, who make the second place i think we all feel that you know leicester are going to do the yeah do the job and, and win the division but mm -hmm. um yeah so i think it's a big fight on for that and there's a big fight as you say for playoff the four playoff places from whatever it is yeah well, seven teams. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Which is going to be a great end to the season, isn't it? Yeah, it's it going is. to be a great running. There's going to be yeah. teams that celebrate too early and there's going to be supporters who throw their season ticket in the bin only to find their team win the last 10 games and, and get in the yeah, playoffs. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and everywhere in between. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's that's interesting, David. Thank you for doing that. No, that's, that's all right. Um, that's been good. But you, this sort of just... Brings me on to um, you asked me a couple of questions. I think you had some That's questions right. from yeah. We had some questions that came out of the EFL uh, Champ Fans group on on Facebook. Yeah, um, one of one of which it was a little discussion thread actually, where where one of the the Baggies fans said, uh, you know, we're fantastic at home. If only we could turn that into our away form. Is there such a big difference in their in their attacking output? You know, mm. home and away, and, and and that sort of thing. So, yeah. of course, I knew to come to you. 
<laughs> and uh, and what did you uh, what did you find? Well, we could first thing I suppose we could go back up here and the attacking output from West Brom is is higher than average at home, but less than average away. So they they sit in this sort of bottom right hand quadrant of our chart, just about, don't they? Mm-hmm. So it's just meaning, yeah, we're we're generating chances at a higher rate than the league average at home, but but fewer chances um, away from home. But then when you look at the actual results, the results are far more distinct because our home the home acquisition of points is fifth best in the league, yeah, which reflects where they are in the league. Mm-hmm. But their acquisition of points away is just about average, a tight yeah. a bit, a bit under average. It sort of matches so, their matches their output, output doesn't it? it does mm-hmm. yes yeah. you're right so that one's not a surprise really mm-hmm. um so it's true to say they are generating more slightly more um chances at home but where they're really scoring is in their in what they do with those chances yeah you know they're just they're just they've just been a bit more clinical mm-hmm. possibly if you want to look at it that way yeah. but of course we're we're focusing on attacking really aren't we yeah so you can't ignore the fact that there's a defence as well and they're very solid at, mm-hmm. at the back. But then what I've done is looked at their particular performance. They're attacking after 29 games. Um, West Brom sit 13th in the game changer mm-hmm. um, score table. So our, our game changer score is, you know, what I've talked about earlier, which is where we, you know, we give them a score depending on their their contribution of the most important attacking metrics and they're just a and 100 would be average so they're a bit under 100 on the game changer score their actual position is five so they're actually they're five they're eight places above where we think overall their attacking output would have put them mm-hmm. so they're you know they're doing very well there um they're seventh in the division for um, attacking output at home, but 13th away. Now, mm. when you look at this, there's still, you still have to say, well, they're, they're still above even yeah. the home where you'd put them at home. They're still, yeah. their actual place in the league is still two places above the most mm. optimistic um, game changer scores. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if this really adds much to what we already looked at. Um, but it's it's definitely being borne out by the numbers mm. that if if the, the you know the fans know that I mean I think they've lost have they lost the last three away I think so yeah um, yeah but the fans know that you know it's been a, a struggle away mm. and it's just really it's mostly been to do with you know not not creating the the attacking output yeah um, and when they have they haven't been as clinical as they have been at home. So, I mean, I think you'd have to say that Carlos Corberan is a, what would you call it, is a, is a pragmatic kind of manager. You know, he's not somebody who says, this is all about entertainment, let's mm. get on the front foot, let's try and score more goals than the opposition, is he? No. He's very much going to be looking at how can they win the game on the day. And if we Absolutely. win 1-0, we get three points, same as we if we win 5-0. Yeah, I think that's his kind of 
mindset. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. He he's very very much more about uh, identifying and nullifying the strengths of the opposition and then trying to work at their weaknesses, isn't he? Yeah, you know, very very much more of a, a tactical manager. He's certainly done fantastically with the with the squad they've got, considering that they've not been able to really do much much business, have they? Well, I was going to say, it sort of leads you on to looking at a little bit, I suppose you could, if you lift the lid on the, the squad and everything, you, you'd say, well, the, the big problem they've got there is is the club is in a state of transition. Mm. You know, although they haven't got a new owner, it's not it's, it's not a secret that they're looking for one. Yeah. Um, therefore, in the summer, they did two transactions. They brought Madger and Sarmiento in. Sarmiento's gone back to Brighton. Madger got injured and still out injured. Um, but in the January window, they brought three players in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they brought Callum Marshall in from uh, West Ham. Mm-hmm. They brought in Vyman, didn't they? That's right. On loan. Yeah. And um, Johnston, Mickey Johnston from Celtic. Now, right. they're all attacking players. Yeah. Um, They've also got DK back fit. Yeah. Um, they've got hopefully, well, I don't know whether Madge, I don't know when Madge's gonna be back on the scene, but you know, so they're getting players available now and in the door. Mm. I think the jury's gonna have to be out on Marshall and Johnston just because nobody's really seen anything at that level from them. No. So fine. um we don't know, and that's not to say they can't make a contribution, but we just don't know. Lyman's a little bit more of a known quantity and indeed scored the winning goal yeah. the weekend. So I think that's got to be sort of considered a, a positive. DK, we know, adds something that they have not had. So I think the omens are a, a positive hmm. um, because he just hasn't had that opportunity. Whatever his outlook had been, you know, he'd had Thomas Asante as a sort of outright striker, mm-hmm. and that was it, really. I mean, he's had some young players, and, you know, again, they'll come into the picture, but he hasn't really had many options, has he? And he's ended up using players like Jed Wallace up top, mm-hmm. and, um, well, Dean Garner's went off to the AFCON. That's right, um, yeah. Swift, I know, has played... Probably further forward than he perhaps ordinarily would have done. Mm-hmm. So he's it's been a bit of a sort of make do and men. And I think these players have done well for him. But yeah, it it wouldn't have been what anybody would have hoped for to have to use players out of position. And so I think yeah, it, it's coming together hopefully for him, mm-hmm. sort of about the right time. But and and what can that can that make a difference? And more of a difference away. That's what they've got to try and do, I think, to yeah. even if they just carry on at the same rate as they have for the whole of the season, we think they might well have enough to be in the playoffs, don't we? They're not a team that I would fancy playing against. You know, if you, no. you look at that in the in the top in the top six there. Um and Leicester have a style of play and Leeds obviously have a, a particular style of play. And, and I don't think that they would necessarily have to shift away from that. Whereas I, I think that, that West Brom could probably play a, 
a lot of different ways. And you wouldn't necessarily know what you're going to come up against uh, week in, week out with them. I, I think we found them to be quite chameleon-like, haven't we, with their style yeah. of play? It's, it, it can change from being a, a direct style of play and then it's a pressing style of play and then it's a counter-attack. It, it sort of moves around. It seems to be dependent on on what they're trying to nullify with the opposition and, and what the opposition's weaknesses are as well. So they'd yeah. certainly be in an, an awkward um, opposition because you could do as much sort of preparation, I feel, beforehand to, to get ready for them. But then you wouldn't really be super confident that they wouldn't just change because that's what Carlos knows you're going to do. So therefore... Yeah. He's going to change it to this and and do this. So you're uh, right. Yeah, it would be it would be interesting if if they do indeed get into the playoffs, they would be a, a tricky customer. I don't think teams would be super pleased lining up against them for sure. No, I think I think they'd be they'd fancy their chances mm. in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that they would. Um, apart from the fact that you know it becomes a bit more like a cup competition yeah. then. Yeah, but they've been solid. And uh, yeah, I, I think that they wouldn't feel they wouldn't feel out of their depth at all. No, but um, no, yeah, so that, I don't know. In that there is a there is an issue with the away games. Hopefully for them, the additional options that that they've now got can give them a bit more of a you know get a bit more of a variety of of ways of of approaching away games than they've had necessarily yeah. in the past. Um, but yeah, that is clearly that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, without doubt. And I yeah. think you had another question on. Yeah, Ips, Ipswich. Ipswich. There's there's quite a lot of banter flying around in the <laughs> um, in the EFL champ fans group. Um, mm. Ipswich fans are, are sort of taking a bit of bit of flack, and there's a few Norwich fans piping up and <laughs> and what mm. have you, which is which is quite good fun. Mm. But really, wanted to have a look at. Has the wheels fallen off the tractor mm. or is it just that they're still performing to the same level? It just happens that the opposition have, have had a good day or, you know, they've been unfortunate. You know, it's just a, a, a string of bad luck. You know, what, what could mm. it be? So, again, thought I'd speak to you and see what the numbers. Yeah, well, the numbers are, you know, here's, here's the numbers for Ipswich. So, actually, I went back and, and we all know things haven't been great recently for Ipswich, relatively speaking, because, I mean, it's been a fantastic season. So, you are comparing it with a really, really good season. So, it's a bit unfair to say that they haven't been any good, but they've certainly drifted a bit. But it goes back to the um, East Anglia derby, doesn't it, um, on the 16th of December. So, I went back and had a look at, you know, our how things were after 22 games and our game changer scores. Ipswich were top of our game changer league yeah. table after uh, on 22 games on match day 22. Um, so, you know, they undoubtedly from a, a attacking output point of view, they were flying high. Yeah. Now after 29 games, they've slipped a third and leads have gone up from, you know, they were 122%, they're now 125, and Ipswich have gone down from 143 to 128. It wouldn't be a massive surprise to see Ipswich drop another place in our game-changer score table yeah. just because the momentum is going that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, have they dropped three places? Possibly they they will have done. Um, yeah. So, yeah, undoubtedly 
it's it's the their attacking output is part of the issue mm. you know so it's not all about again it's not it isn't only about attacking but we know it plays a major part in getting out of this division the way you, you want to so that's certainly evidence that things have, have slipped not just from a so if you go back to where we were before mm-hmm. um and look at these you know these charts again we know that ipswich away from home has been rather ordinary their attacking output whereas it's been phenomenally good at home mm-hmm. um best in the league as we yeah. said but the difficulty they've had is um well i say that i mean it's the output's been average but they've actually achieved a lot as far yeah. as um points per game the thing that would worry me and this is probably what we said earlier the thing that would worry me about that is can it continue yeah is it is it so reliant is there a waveform so reliant on the efficiency of the of converting this output into points, yeah, because it because they're where you'd expect them to be as far as the home pr- mm-hmm. productivity is concerned. Yeah, you know they're the they're the most productive um, at home, and they're and they're what third most productive in terms of points gained. So mm-hmm. you'd say, well, that's that, that follows, doesn't it? That the, yeah. the anomaly is why are they? Why have they achieved so many points per game away from home out of a relative a relatively yeah. ordinary um you know out, attacking output so that there might be a suggestion there of you know you, I, look have teams worked them out a bit mm-hmm. have they become were they getting a little bit lucky on the road and think it's a reversion to the mean thing you know where they're sort of becoming it's it's going back to where you'd expect um it seems as though that could be the case yeah um so i don't know that we're talking about seven games out of 20 29 hmm. so we're talking only you, you could say you know this is a small sample the the games where they haven't done so well recently have been only you know a quarter of their total number of games so you know every team's entitled to a little bit of a yeah you know a, an upswing South, and a downswing Southampton had an awful start to the season didn't they yeah really? they, they a did. real bad patch but but you don't now. really want it. you'd rather the bad patch be early in the season yeah than later in the season yeah for sure um so yeah I I, I think just by looking at the numbers you know it's hard to say. Look, oh, they've just got to start creating more chances away from home, because teams generally do find it difficult away from yeah. home. It's just that they've been so clinical away from home. Well, either they've got to find, they've got to identify what they were doing that was making them so efficient and clinical, and and get back to that. Or is it that mm, you know maybe their teams have worked out where they're hurting them mm. and they're making it more difficult for them. Or perhaps is it, you know, because there is, there is fortune in this game. You know, the, sure. it's not all about luck, but there is some luck sometimes. And, uh, you know, it could it could be that could be a combination of both, couldn't it? Oh, definitely. Things, things not running for, things running for them 
earlier in the season better than they are now. And let's be honest, they came out of League One, so there wouldn't have been the intelligence around their game in That's the right. championship that there would have yeah. been around some other clubs. So you've got to get to grips with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, could, it could be that. We'll find out, won't we, over the next yeah, sort sure of 17 games, whatever they've got left. We certainly will. So anyway, hopefully that addresses some some in some way. I don't know, looking at the individuals, um, Ipswich fans would probably have a, a handle on, you know, if they felt that, I mean, they've done some decent business. We talked about them last week in the transfer window. Yeah. You know, so we think they've uh, they've tried to address it. Mm. So, um, yeah. I think bringing Kiefer Moore in is, is an interesting one because he yeah. seems like a different type of attacking option to what yeah. they've had before. So maybe, like you said, maybe teams have noticed that perhaps they have a style of play and and they didn't have the personnel to change that. So yeah. perhaps that that's what they've done. They've They've sort of bulletproofed themselves a little bit and said, you know what, we can get a, a big number nine in. We can actually have a, a plan B rather than just, you know, a, a plan A. But um, Yeah. And and yeah. you know, the Sarmiento and Keith and Moore haven't done bad in the first No, they've done you know, they've looked good, haven't they? They've, yeah, they've, they've done well. They've registered three goals between them, I yeah. think. Whatever. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's see. Um the it bad news probably. for them, Tom, is the bad news for your for the, the, the fellow that asked you the question is we don't think Norwich City are far away. No, that's right. <laughs> we think yeah. they're just hovering one place outside the playoffs. Yeah. So and we can could... see some stuff going on here where, you know, it's, that, it, would, like, that would be an interesting playoff uh, match. Oh, it's switching in. Oh, yeah. Would. And I've got one last question, actually. Yeah. David, from, from some within the, the Facebook group again, actually, who just wanted to know where you get the data from um, because yeah. it must be such a, a using their words, a, a mammoth task to collect and configure the data. And of course that's nothing to do with me. That's, that's all your area. So <laughs> I'll hand that over yeah. to you. Well, a number of sources, really. Um, we, it sort of depends on the job we're doing when we're, when we're doing the recruitment stuff um, again, it's usually it's a blend, you know, from different places, but when we do the recruitment stuff, a lot of stuff comes out of Scout, and, you know, you can link things in and you can export files and process them. And uh, we've got models that we've developed that are ready, that can receive that data and, and do things with it that we want that, you know, a few years old now that places like FB ref that I think are good, that produce a lot of um, good information um to do with i mean probably more to do with team performance so you can get although they do produce player performance information um transfer mark can be good you you have to f- have a ways of of being able to receive and process this stuff you know without getting too dry about it because not everybody's interested in data but you know you don't want to be kind of cutting and pasting things Mm-hmm. Although sometimes it's the only way to do certain things, but it's very laborious. What we try and do is we try and set things up so we can automate a process just because you can just do a lot more when it's automated and you don't have to sort of um, do things manually. So, but there, you know, fortunately online now, there are lots of different places that you can 
you can gather information from. Um, but we, as I say, we we try to what we've tried to do is is create our own models and our own um, ways of processing the data to give us something hopefully that isn't generally available, so that we can bring a little bit more interest to our discussions than you know otherwise. It's just we've got the same stuff everybody else has got. And a lot of the thinking, I suppose, goes around what kind of thing might we want to do. I mean, we try to do things like um, evaluate playing styles of the teams, but we try to do it. We try and do all of our stuff in as a non-discretionary way as, as we can. So we try not to use our own evaluation, our own ideas or our own sort of interpretations of things. We try and let the numbers talk to us. And the work tends to go into, the thinking tends to go into, well, we've got all this information. How might we use that to evaluate and interpret the team's playing style? Mm-hmm. So that's just as an example. And we've we've tried to do that. And, you know, sometimes I suppose it works really well. Other times, like you mentioned with West Brom, you look at West Brom, we've got these five different playing styles that we we tend to assign teams' um, performances to. A direct style, a pressing style, attacking style, possession-based style, and a counter-attacking style. Um, and all their metrics, depending on how they perform in different metrics, they are more or less one or the other type of style. So... Um, we try and use those. I mean, I hope, hopefully I'm not getting too, yeah, going down too much of a rabbit hole here, but we tr- we try to say, well, what would be a good indicator? What Which metrics would be good indicators of this type of style and which ones would be good indicators of that? And we let it all happen automatically so we can see how things develop over the course of the season. We can go back to after match day eight and see how our model said Blackburn were playing. And then we can go to match day 18 and match day 28 and see if it's still more or less the same or if it's developed or whether when they change manager. So, um, yeah, rather long-winded answer to, to his yeah. question. But but it, but really, it, the answer is we, we have to get it from wherever makes sense for that particular job. So like mm. today's job we've looked at, um, we needed all the fixtures. You know the, the the upcoming fixtures. Otherwise, we couldn't evaluate the strength of opposition. So that we had to start off by get, getting those, and then it's usually a blend. It's usually a combination of different places, and then yeah, you know, we've either got we've either got a, a little kind of model that will give us the answers, or we'll we'll produce one. A few people I've I've reached out to a few people in the group, and I've sort of popped a few uh, sort of teaser things in there. You know, some of the radar charts and things like that, and. And people said, "Oh, where have you where have you got this from? You know what what website?" It's like, "No, no, this isn't on a website. This is this is custom made. You know, this is mm. this is somewhere David gets the raw data in, which is available to anyone. But then you say you turn that information into some sort of insight, which gives you mm. the answer to a to a question. Of course, whatever data you you have is is relative to the question you're being you're being asked, isn't it? So yeah, so yeah this is this is all stuff that." I have no part in doing. I just ask you awkward questions, and then you come <laughs> up with a good answer for it. But you need the you need the questions because you know 
you don't necessarily think of all the questions. There's a ton of questions probably just out mm. of what we've been looking at yeah. that people would want to know. Mm-hmm. And you, you're not going to think of all of them, are you? But no. um, it's interesting when you say, oh, I wonder about this, I wonder about that, then it starts me thinking, yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if, how we would get that, how would we do that? And then other things get a spurn, a spawned from those from mm. those ideas. So you start getting something together and then you think, oh, I could do this, I could do that. Yeah. So um yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's been nice to get some some questions from people out the group and yeah. I would we would definitely you know be happy to do that wouldn't we more because yeah. it just adds to the conversation doesn't it because it's yeah. it's nice to be asked a question it's like oh okay well we'll see if we'll see what we can do with that. If you're watching on YouTube you know it's some some of the things that we talk about work better don't they if you if you're looking yeah. at the screen and yeah. you're looking at things so um that that's a I think a good thing to do if you're interested in mm-hmm. this kind of thing, because we, we try and when you're, when you're explaining it, you're trying to think, hang on, if someone's driving, are they going to yeah. be able to sort of visualize what we're talking about? Hopefully they can, but mm-hmm. it's, yeah, sometimes it's hard and it to explain yeah, something sure. or get your message over. For sure. So, yeah. I mean, to summarize from today, we think that um, it's going to be close call, isn't it? It's going to be tight. Yeah, to, uh, tight at the end of the season. It's which... going to be a typical championship <laughs> yeah, season. Exactly. Running. And yeah, um, yeah no, that's 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 good. And I think that that top ten, getting that sort of idea in my mind that 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 is my top ten, and I don't mm. think that we're going to get a club coming outside of that top ten into the into the playoffs. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. I'm I'm pretty confident of that. Yeah, but I'm not certain. Well, it would be kind of nice if we do, in a way. Yeah. Before yeah. we finish, if there was a team to make a flyer from yeah. from outside of that top ten, who would you who would you go with? Uh, I know who you're going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I suppose maybe Watford because they just uh-huh. they, I just never know with him. I've watched them and sometimes and just thought how good they were, and then and then other times they just don't seem to get the results. But so it could be, but I think they've got a real tough. Like as we've seen earlier, I think they've got a real tough run in. So yeah. they'd have to be at their best. Maybe Watford, but I'm not sure it'd be very. Then again, I'm looking at Bristol City. Could they? Could they do it? I don't know. I. I think, I mean, from from outside the the top ten, I'd love to see Plymouth make a shout yeah, for it. I thought you'd say that. I'd love to see them do it, just because I'm I've got a bit of a soft spot for, for Plymouth and yeah, and I like the players they brought in in, in Giabi and Devine. It was a shame that they couldn't play in the FA Cup game midweek. Yeah, um, that's true. Because that yeah. was that was a real. I didn't see the game, but I heard it was a real a real good cup tie that one and and lead strength i think just played out in the end but yeah um yeah i, I would like to see plymouth making a making a run well you uh, know what we were saying earlier about you know their top they've got the mm. hardest home running and the yeah. relatively speaking the easiest yeah. away running mm-hmm. i would just wonder you know what if they could just be yeah. so strong that we know they can be at home and mm-hmm. do well in those games and and take advantage of the the slightly weaker yeah. away games, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And and I think as well is is there's going to be relatively less pressure on Plymouth 
to yeah. perform in those last few games because no one expects them to to be up there. No, uh, you know, much much more pressure would be on your your Norwiches, your Sunderlands, your Coventrys, your West Broms, Hull, that that sort of thing. So yeah, um, yeah, it it'll be good to it'll be good to see, but they would be yeah. my only team. I mean, you, you're looking. At, I'm looking at the table here, and they're only the equivalent of three games back from Hull, and and they've only got um, a four goal worse goal difference. So it, it could be, be different. Nice. I'd I'd like to see it. Yeah, it could like be different in a month, couldn't it? Ipswich and Plymouth in the top six. Plymouth I don't think where I don't think Sheffield Wednesday going to do it. I'm afraid. No, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a full house. <laughs> but you know, perhaps if they can just put a run together and stay up, you know, yeah. that would be nice. But I've got a yeah. feeling that that Huddersfield will stay up. I've got a feeling that mm. Huddersfield have just maybe got a little bit too much. I think getting Reese Healy as well that would be interesting to see if he gets some games in. Because I mm. think he could score some goals, and that that will make such a difference. Because yeah. I think Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, you know, struggling to score goals. You know, poor goal difference. Um, QPR are, are so bad at home. Yeah, they've they've got to sort that out. If they can sort their their home form out, then then maybe they've got a good shout. But considering how bad it is compared to everyone else, it's a, it's a big yeah. ask, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, mate. Okay. Well, anything to add? No, I don't think so. No, okay. but I, I just second what you say about, you know, we like the questions. So if you've got questions that you think we might be able to help with, we'll we'll have a go. The more awkward, the better. David loves no, all the yeah. questions. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Well, thanks for joining us for episode 24 of Attacking the Championship and we'll catch up with you next week. See you then.